Welcome to the Locking Castle Church podcast. This Sunday morning teaching was given as part of the Spirit-Led Summer series. Unsure which mic I should be using. And Andy Pierce has left. So I'm going to stay here and see how it goes. Uh, I want to warn you, um, so far today I've come in the presence of a printer which, which broke. The internet in the church is down, the camera stopped working, we couldn't live stream, two mics broke, and one of them broke while I gave the sermon in the nine o'clock. So there's clearly one of you here that really needs to hear my message, and if you think it's not you, it's probably you. So I'm just going to open with that. I know it's hot, I know it's warm, I'm going to ask you to come with me on a journey. Um, The joy about whatever we want Um, and anyone who knows me knows I love the book of Leviticus lock the doors Uh, you will also be delighted to hear that the wonderful Elspeth thank you Elspeth um, is going to be clicking through my 105 slide slide deck that is not a joke it's 104 or 105 slides oh I'm being point does it matter which there's two here does that matter I love Levitical law. I could talk all day about Levitical law. I thought this is not enough. I thought, let's go deeper. Through the lens of community, that's not enough. Let's go deeper. Community, civil law, and ceremonial practice, all three of which are very interesting. And if you want to talk to me afterwards about this, I will absolutely pin you down at a... So I thought we'll go deeper. With the intent of identifying core values, because there's nothing more important to the Judaic covenant than core values. What does God really want? I thought, not enough. No. Of the Jewish nation before Christ. So this was the sermon that I wanted to give you. And the Lord said no, and we had a and we had a fight. Don't want to be dramatic, but he won. It's very upsetting. He said we need to go simpler. And so today, the Holy Spirit. He's literally everywhere. So we're going to go, I thought it was going to be hot, let's bring it right down. Okay? <laughs> so far, technology, you will with me. Right, let's go. So, what is the Holy Spirit? This is a little bit of a primer, partly for those who haven't grown up in the church. I know there are some of us here. Um, but partly because it's very easy for us to reduce God to our circumstances, to reduce God to our knowledge, to reduce God to what we see him doing in a way that we recognize as God, which... Let me tell you, it's not usually it. So, most of us know that the Holy Spirit came onto Jesus' followers at Pentecost, flames, speaking in tongues. Everyone thought they were drunk. They were not, it was the Spirit. Oh, no. Go back, please. Thank you. There we go. Um, It's very much a gift from Jesus. So it's something that doesn't have a presence at the beginning of his early ministry. We have the dove coming down at baptism, but it's very much more of a gift that Jesus leaves us. And it's with us today. Oh, don't break my heart. Is this actually going to work, do we think? Okay. Whew. It's an emotional workout today, isn't it, guys? Um, and the Holy Spirit is with us today. So it's one of the most exciting things about the New Testament. The part of God that we see acting at the end of the New Testament is with us here today. Oh, it's getting louder don't know where they okay and that's kind of it I think that's most of our understandings of the Holy Spirit 
And I've never heard this preached, so I'm going to be really clear on that. We, we, this is not raising a pitchfork and shouting at Andy Pierce or Tom or anyone else whose church you've been in the past. I think we fall into this unconscious mindset of, well, God created the world. We heard it in Genesis. Thank you, Mark, for reading. And it was good, and then we had a problem, and then God fixed it, and we messed it up, and God fixed it, and we messed it up, and God fixed it, and we messed it up. And eventually he said, I'm going to have to send someone down there. It's just people cannot not create a golden car for five minutes. So Jesus came, and he was like, my ministry's about to end, and they still don't quite get it. Plan C, I'll send the Spirit. Again, I just want to be really clear. That is not in the Bible, and it is not preached, but I think we fall into that mindset. I'm going to ask people to start giving a bit more, because you're all looking at me like, no, Emily, I have a perfect understanding of the Trinity of God, and always have, actually. So if you could... Okay, there we go, there we go. And the trouble is, is that part of that problem is created by the fact that we start seeing the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, and so we think, oh, it's the fix, it's the bug patch, it's the way that God tries to sort us out when he's just exhausted. And that is not true. I've got a list here of all the books of the Bible that the Holy Spirit appears in in the Old Testament. Hit it, Ellsworth. Okay, we've got Genesis, great. Exodus, yep, good. Num- okay, Numbers, yep. Oh, nope, you try me. Judges, okay, one Samuel, okay, one. oh, and two Samuel, okay, keep going. One. In fact, if you just click through to the very end, keep going, keep going, keep going, I hope you're getting a sense here that the Holy Spirit actually turns up quite a few times. I think, oh, one more, there we go. So let's just take a moment. That's a lot of books of the Old Testament. And I don't know about you, but until last year, I, I, for the last year, I did my first ever successful read through the Bible in a year. We've all done it. We've all got through to numbers and given up. And I started to, thank you. Yes, not just me. Wonderful. And I was like, he's, he's literally everywhere, hence the subtitle of this sermon. You don't expect the Holy Spirit in, I mean, I didn't expect it in numbers. Very sad that it didn't make it to Leviticus, but that's because it's far more interesting things happening in Leviticus. Yeah, okay, Psalms, yeah, Isaiah, yeah, but Chronicles, really? A bunch of lists of kings? The Holy Spirit's there? What? What's going on? Next slide, please. Um, let's look at some of these facts, shall we? Let's look at them together. Uh, he appears in the Old Testament, not once, not twice, but 57 times. Hands up if that's more than you initially thought. Okay, good. I'm feeling a lot better. Now, I want to be really clear. It's at least 57 times. I counted. I could have missed one. So there could be more. Challenge you to go home this afternoon in the heat, get out your Old Testament and read every single verse and just check whether I'm right because, you know, that's 54% of the Old Testament books the Holy Spirit rocks up in. So that means that if you opened any random Old Testament book, there's more than a 50-50 chance that the Holy Spirit is in that book. And when I say in that book, I don't just mean he's mentioned. I don't know. Husband, thank you. Uh, he's actually doing stuff. Turns out that the God who created the world didn't want to just walk away and leave it. He had a little bit more interest in the people that he created and the people that he created for himself. Now, before, before we go on to the next slide, we had two great readings, thank you. Um, when, when someone asks you to do, what, 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 what reading do you want, Emily? And you look at your slides and you think, 
57 verses. Can I make them listen to that? I had a good think. I decided not. So what I decided to do was I picked the first mention of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, that's Genesis, verse 2. I mean, you couldn't really, I mean, you can technically get earlier on, but I mean, not by much. But I then also had the last mention of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, that's 2 Chronicles. But Emily, I hear you ask, 2 Chronicles isn't the last book of the Old Testament. Well, it was for the Jews. So that, for them, when Jesus came into the world, that was the last mention that he would have known of. Like, the Holy Spirit just being like, oh, I'm so tired of your nonsense. Stop disobeying, please. Be holy as I am holy. I have one rule. Like, it boils down to one. I gave you ten. Ten was too many. I have one. Be holy as I am holy. And we all know that we, we can't do that. We can't live up to that standard. So I'm not going to read you all 57, but I am going to show you all 57. Now, be, before I see the panic in your eyes, we are not going to do an individual every single verse. Let's dive into it. Let's look at the context. Look, I would love to. But they said I can't do a four-hour seminar. So I'm going to have to cut it a little shorter than that. Hmm? One, one day. <laughs> so well, what I want instead for this sermon to be is a little bit of a kind of deluge of verses of the Spirit. I just want to overwhelm you with how often the Spirit is there. I just want you to be confused and amazed and just like, what is going on? I want you to be slightly shell-shocked at the end of this sermon. And if the technology keeps going that way, we are going to succeed. So, let's have a look at what stuff the Holy... See, see now I needed my movable mic. Okay, so, first of all, he's creating stuff. What's he creating, Elspeth? Let's have a look. Yep, cool, we've done that one. We, oh, also in Ezekiel. Oh, yep, and he's in Job. Job is actually one of the earliest chronological books of the Bible. Job was around when Abraham was doing his thing. That's very exciting. Uh, oh, we've got more, we've got more in Chronicles. He's creating stuff. Oh, Exodus. Oh, yes. The Exodus ones are really exciting. When you look at Exodus, that's the book where you learn about the temple, the first temple, the temple in the wilderness being created. And God basically says, I reckon two people could do this if they have my spirit. So we, we have in there that God is pouring out the spirit, not just the spirit full stop, which is what we have, but the spirit for a purpose, for creation, for creating a holy space for God's presence to dwell. I love that the first view of God doing anything is the Spirit, and it's creating the world. Every time you have a creative impulse, no matter what it is, whether you write, whether you crochet, whether you paint, whether you play music, whether you enjoy those things, whether you go to a museum and art gallery or you admire fashion, whatever it is, that is an outpouring and an outworking of the creative spirit. We are made in his image. And the first thing he does is create. Oh, I just love it so much. I love it so much. I think what's really exciting is that we don't just see this at the very beginning and then God go, well, it's perfect. Yeah, I made it. Saw that it was good. Made something else. That was pretty good too. God doesn't stop there. He's continuously creating with us and through us. And that is, wait, I don't know if you can tell, very exciting. Okay, let's move on. 
I don't know, I'm, I'm not a parent, I want to be very clear on this, I'm not a parent, but my understanding of parenting is that you don't create life and then abandon it. Um, that is what I have been told. Um, and so God doesn't just create life, create the nation of Israel, create a covenant and go, well, I, I mean, I've pretty much done this for you. you. You can do the rest right. No, he's continuously renewing. He's continuously meeting again with his people, renewing covenant. There's so many covenants in the Old Testament. One day, I'll do a sermon on all the covenants in the Old Testament. What else have we got? So we've got the Spirit of the Lord coming forward, and he said, this is what the Lord says. I know what's going through your mind. He knows our mind. He knows our hearts. And Nehemiah, you gave your good spirit to instruct them. What else have we got? We've got anointing and the Lord, Spirit of the Lord coming powerfully upon David. Not just like, oh, you know, he was, he was there. It's powerful. What else have we got? Uh, da, 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 da. I this is one of my favorite ones. Perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. I love that the, the nation of Israel at this point is like, well, yeah, God does stuff like that all the time. I mean, he could have done that. He could have just popped him somewhere. You know, just, you know, what would it be to live in a church for something incredible to happen? You go, yeah, God probably did that. Yeah, the Spirit of the Lord probably, you know, intervened and, and did that. I want that for us. What else have we got? More spirit lifting up. What's the next one? He brought me out by the Spirit. Love that. We got another one? Yes. The Spirit lifted me up. How often do we want to be lifted up? It's that renewal, that re-stirring in us. I think we have one more. Lifted me up. Of course we do. There are absolutely times when we feel in that really creative, new project, new relationship energy with God. That will fade. Don't want to get depressing. That, that, that fades. That's natural. And as we mature, as we grow, and as we deepen our relationship with God, it's the spirit that's renewing that interest, that's lifting us up, that's pushing us forward. Next slide, please. Oh, it's getting serious. It's driving with sin. God creates, God renews, and God doesn't abandon us. When things are hard, when we get things wrong, when it seems impossible to hold to God's laws and God's precepts, he strives with that. We, you know, we as the church after Jesus, we have the spirit in us and the spirit wars with our nature sometimes and we feel those prickles of guilt and remorse and shame. And that's the spirit striving with us, calling us to holiness, calling us back to him. Now, before Jesus, the spirit wasn't in everyone in the world. It wasn't in everyone in Israel. It was placed purposefully by the Lord to strive with sin, to call the people back to holiness. And sometimes it looks really uncomfortable, you know, burning with anger. Don't cast me from your presence or take your spirit from me. This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands? What else have we got? They rebelled against, oh, poor Moses. They rebelled against the spirit of God and rash words came from Moses' lips, not for the first time. Oh, I am filled with the spirit of the Lord with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression to Israel, his sin. The Holy Spirit is not cozy and cuddly and warm all the time. Sometimes he strives with us. And that's uncomfortable. And I just, I don't want to try and brush past that. It's not pleasant. You know, some people in this room, in churches all around the world, they strive with a particular sin their whole lives. Some are healed from that temptation and praise God, but some strive. It is not easy. But you're not doing it alone. 
The Spirit is striving with you. It's calling you to that holiness. What else have we got? Spirit of love departed. The Spirit's not going to depart from us. But in the Old Testament, that was something that leaders feared because they knew the difference that it made to have the Spirit indwelling in them, to be resting on them. What else have we got? Grieved his Holy Spirit, so he turned and became their enemy. That's not, enough. That's not a pleasant thought, but it happens. What else have we got? Spirit warned them through the prophets, absolutely. And I think we've got one last one on this slide. I don't know where the Spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. Oh, do you ever read stuff sometimes in the Bible and you think, that sounds so modern and so bold and so direct, but it's the Word of God and it's timeless. I don't know. I, don't, I wonder how many leaders of churches of all that, I don't know where the Spirit's going to lead you. There's an element here that striving with sin can take us down some very difficult journeys, but you're not doing it alone. The good news is, next slide please, Elspeth, he inspires holiness. Oh. Now again, I'm not a parent, but from my very basic understanding, parenting doesn't work like this. Don't do that, don't do that, don't, don't touch that, don't touch, I mean it does. But you can't just be having no, 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 negative, don't, punishment, how dare you, don't do that, don't cross that line. You've got to be inspired by goodness, by truth, by holiness, by joy, by opportunity. Otherwise, you just get kids who have no idea whether they're coming or going. And so the Spirit isn't just there to say, that is not for you. God created you for better. He is the better. So, what have we got? Who can fathom? I certainly can't. The Spirit of the Lord, or instruct the Lord as his counsellor. But I'm conscious of time, so let's whip all of these up, Elspeth, and I can pick out some of my favourites. That's just silly, they're all great. Oh, this, this one from Isaiah. Then his people recalled the days of old, the days of Moses' people. Where is he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them? God with us, Emmanuel. Now, when that was written in Isaiah, God with us was the temple. That building over there, he's not with you day to day. He can't be. He lives in a building. He's over there. That was the view of God and the Spirit in the Old Testament, and it was still so much closer than people expected. The fact that the creator of the heavens and the earth would choose to live in our city. What else have we got? Oh, I, love, I can't read all of 2 Chronicles 20 because it is badass, but the Spirit of the Lord comes upon this guy and he just shouts at the king and is like, you suck. Again, paraphrasing. Um, <laughs> only slightly. Over and over and over and over again, God turns up through the Spirit and says, come this way. This is the way of holiness. This is how to please me. This, be obedient like this. He doesn't just abandon us to try and work it out for ourselves. Next slide, please. Now, I think this is the one that I'm not going to need to explain too hard. Because I think if we think of the Spirit in the Old Testament, this is probably what we think of. We think about the prophets. So, let's put them all up there. Oh, 1 Samuel 10, 6. I'm just going to read this one. I can't help it. I'm sorry. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. And that sounds very much something like Paul would write to the Philippians, maybe, saying really new, really really direct advice. No, it's right there in the Old Testament. Encountering God will change your life. It's not always going to be pleasant. I want to be real honest. Some of the hardest times I've had is when God has been striving with me. But you will be a changed person. 
person. Oh, there's just so many. Do you see what I mean now about I'm just going to like deluge you with verses? We, are, we don't have time, unfortunately, to go into all of this. He took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. Oh, there's just so many. And we forget sometimes the privilege of having the Spirit post-Jesus. The Spirit is in all of us. Now, not all of us are gifted with a gift of prophecy, but we all hear God, whether that's through reading your Bible, whether it's through worship, whether it's through the words and encouragement and sometimes challenging of others. In the Old Testament, you had to wait for a prophet to be born. That could take forever. Next slide, please. The Spirit of God is 100% God. And I, I can't explain how three gods can be one God, but it's the Trinity. They're all God. They're all individually God. They're all parts of each other. They all speak to each other. You with me? Are you... Please don't fall asleep. I've spent so long on these slides. Please don't fall asleep. I, I'm begging you. <laughs> we have that moment in the New Testament where Jesus is baptized by John, and you have the Father opening the heavens and speaking down. You have the Son in the water and the Holy Spirit in the dove, and my Son, whom I'm well pleased. That's really exciting. That's the Trinity in action, and it's rare that you see it in the Old Testament, not because God doesn't want to reveal himself, but because God is engaging with people in a different way, and he's empowering them through that spirit. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. Now Joshua said, and I was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. So good. I'm conscious of time, so let's get some of these more up. Um, spirit of the Lord came upon him. I love this. The spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. don't know about you. Not many farmers of today are suddenly called into military leadership. But God used people. The Spirit empowered beyond what was expected. You know, we hear Paul, bless him, you know, in my weakness, God reveals his strength. Well, that was exactly what the Holy Spirit was doing. Look at all that. Burning with anger. Oh, I love it. Genesis, this is a great one. So Pharaoh asks, and this is Pharaoh, I've enslaved you all, can I go? No, you can't, it's that Pharaoh. Pharaoh asks them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. You know the spirit's doing some really powerful things when other people who have a deity set of about 300 gods go, um, what, what, why is that one better than ours? Uh, can, we, can we actually get some of that? Okay. Let's go. Last but by no means least. See, I can see the relief in you already. Oh, she's about to stop finish talking. The Holy Spirit points to the Messiah all the way through the Old Testament. God is continuously pointing to himself all the time. Now, I'm not going to try and put up every single prophecy about Jesus because that's another very long sermon that I will one day inflict upon you all, but not today. I'm only going to put up here the ones where the Spirit is directly involved in speaking about the incarnation of himself. Oh, it's so good. The Spirit will gather them together. What's the next one? The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Here is my servant whom I hold, my chosen one, and whom I delight. Doesn't that sound like what God says when John baptizes him? It's a wonderful echo of the Old Testament. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. 
That's the section that Jesus spoke at the very beginning of his ministry, when he was so young, the first time he read from the Torah in temple, it just so happened that that was, because everyone takes turns, so you've you got no idea really what you're going to get on the scroll. Coincidence? If you think there's any coincidences in the Bible, you are wrong, sorry. God doesn't work like that, it's all a plan. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Oh! What a, what a roller coaster, gang. There's so much in here. And it is not in any way lost on me. And I hope you've all been taking extensive notes because the last half of this slide deck is an exam. <laughs> I hope it's not lost on you. It wasn't lost on me. But when I came to categorize these things out, there's seven of them. I can't claim credit for that. I'd love to, trust me. Jewish nation really believed in the power of numbers. Three days, three, seven days to create the world. All these seven candles here, seven candles here, seven washes. So seven was the number of completion and perfection in the Jewish understanding of the world. Completion and perfection. Is that, if, if, that is God, if nothing else. So, here to Ellsworth. The Spirit is creating, renewing, Striving against sin, inspiring holiness, prophesying, empowering, and pointing to Jesus. I also like how they're kind of paired up, but Jesus is on his own because he's literally the pinnacle, but that is again another sermon. <laughs> I'm not here to make you read all of the Old Testament this afternoon, however much I would love to make you do that. But I think that we need to have a much more expansive idea of who and what and how God is. And to relegate the Holy Spirit as plan C at the end of the Bible, who just kind of turns up. You know, like those, and I'm not a sporting person, but I have a TV, so I see sports sometimes. The person who turns up, who's like put on the pitch with four minutes to go, because like, oh, he needs a bit of experience, doesn't he? Just put him on for five minutes. Don't fall over, mate. Tie your shoes properly. The Spirit is not that person. The Spirit was there at the very beginning. The first act of God was the Spirit creating. And he never left Israel. And he never left Jesus. And he never left Jesus' followers. And he's never left us. And I think sometimes, and I don't want to speak for you, I'll speak for me. Sometimes I read the Bible and I think, well, that was very impressive, but I'm not seeing that here. I would really quite like to see some of that here, um, but that happened then, and you know, this is now. No, the spirit that hovered over the waters and created the world, who created, renewed, strove against sin, inspired holiness, prophesied, empowered, and pointed to Jesus, physically exists inside you. It's not a small thing. And if we reduce the power of the spirit, then we reduce what we expect to see of the Spirit in our lives. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, I have one more slide, I think. So if you, have, if you are so sleepy, and you know what, I get it. I am warm. If you have nothing else you want to take away with you, take this away with you. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My Spirit, who is on you, will not depart from you 
and my words that I've put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children, on the lips of their descendants, from this time on and forever, says the Lord. Whether you have children or not, we are all spiritual heirs. We are all sons of God. Sons of God, daughters of Christ. Yeah. That is true then, and it was true when Jesus read it, and it's true now. And in a hundred years, when Locking Castle Church looks totally different, and yet at the core the same, it'll be true then. If something, everything, or none of this has made sense to you, I would really encourage you to grab me, because I would love to chat with you about it. If you've never come here before, this is not what normally happens. <laughs> normally things are a bit more sedate. But the same God is in those weeks as this one. And if you don't know who that God is, he really wants to know you. So grab pretty much anyone that you know or trust, or grab anyone who's been up the front, and they will absolutely want to have a chat with you. Amen. Thank you for listening. To find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.